Hey everybody, Justin here, one half of the Ride in the Bench podcast. Welcome back to the show, or welcome for the first time. If you're here right now, you got to be a pretty diehard football fan, and just like us, you know that it's a very slow point in the season. The most interesting thing going on right now is the voluntary OTAs, and of course, this show. So we're trying to keep it interesting for you. So today, we projected towards the season a little bit. There's a lot to play out, but we wanted to get an early take on some of the teams that may overachieve and some of the teams that may underachieve. And then we're getting into fantasy football season as well. So on the back end of the show, if that's your thing, we spoke about some really under the radar, deep players that we think have a chance to return great value for you in fantasy football this season. So without further ado, enough of that. Let's get to the show. Thanks for being here. up everybody welcome back to the riding the bench podcast with the k instead of c in the word podcast my name is asaf and across the camera with the very very nice and smooth haircut is my boy justin justin i appreciate it i appreciate that no attention to detail i don't mind that in fact this is the first time today you've complimented it we've been for been with each other for a few hours pre-production here but I appreciate that now in front of all the people that you would acknowledge well, a beautiful well, haircut. Well, well, listen, listen. Everybody has to know about the beautiful haircut, my friend. But not only do we not have great haircuts and clean beards or whatever it is that we do here, we are two former varsity backups that critique NFL athletes. And look, man, I'm not going to lie, bro. This is going to be a very fun episode for me because last week I was very angry. Today I'm a lot more jolly. I'm a lot more relaxed. Very laissez-faire. I'm very happy today. I don't know about you, Jay. How you how you holding up, man? How you doing? I feel good. I feel good. I'm not going to lie. I got pretty drunk last night. Solid. So, uh, yeah, it's been a, uh, you know, now that I'm old, grizzled, and 25, <laughs> you know, right. it doesn't, the recovery isn't quite the same as it used to be. Right. Uh, and as you, I'm glad that you're happy, too. To be honest, you don't have much to be upset about. Do, do you actually, I hope you're grateful for this, do you wake up in the morning grateful for that beard that you have? Me? Well, my friend, I don't drink, so I don't have anything to drink my sorrows away with, so... Um... But yeah, man, I, I I'm pretty I'm pretty blessed, man. I'm pretty happy with where I'm at right now. I don't have anything to wake up in the morning to that gives me like any sort of sadness or sorrow or bitterness. Um, I, th- <laughs> I think you missed the question. To be honest, yeah, with I you. did, I did. I'm not gonna lie, I missed that. One. That went way over my head, bro. Wait, wait. All right, well, I'm gonna a- I'm gonna ask it. Ag- I'm gonna ask it again, just so the people here knows who have the be- who have the. I'm speaking like an idiot. So the people here know who has the beard, who does not. Do you wake up in the morning oh, grateful? I was I th- asking if you wake up grateful for that beard that you, you have. Know, because you, you have know. people like myself who wake up every morning envying the beard that you have. Oh, see, 
that this is a misinterpretation. Right? I thought you meant, do I have a beer in the morning? And I'm like, brother, I don't drink. I heard beer. My I could see how that would happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My beard. I look. I, I take real good care of my beard. I baby this thing. Beard oil. I brush it. Conditioner. Everything you need to put in your hair. I put in my beard. And uh, a little little tip, everybody. I know right here I have a little bit of a little gap over here, but I've been slowly putting a little bit of castor oil there. Helps the hair grow a little bit. Completes the look over here. So. <laughs> I'm taking notes. What did you say that was called? Castor oil, my friends. Ladies and gentlemen, put some castor yeah. oil. Just a little bit every day. You don't need a lot, but it helps with the, helps yeah, with the hair. You might not need thing. a lot. I think <laughs> I'm going to have to rub it all over my face. Yeah, so. yeah right. <laughs> well, listen, Matt. Look, as long as you do the little things every day, it comes a little... You got a full head of hair, bro. I've been wearing a hat every single episode. I got no hair on the top of my head, bro. I've been balding since I was like 19... And you know it, it 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 just hasn't has not worked. No matter what I do on the top, nothing works. So this is like my pride and joy right now. This is what I take care of my beard. So yeah, you know what I think? What I think it is is that all the hair on your head is on your face, and all the ha- and all the hair that could be on my face is on my my head. You know what I'm saying? So. We can't have the best of both here. No, no, no. We can't. Some people do, but we can't. Hey, it is what it is. We're just we're just a bunch of average guys, right? That's what we are. But, um, yeah, <laughs> so, uh, I guess now that that's out of the way, yeah, uh, no, well, yeah, well, listen, vent a little bit. Yeah. Absolutely. For those, for those that are new here, right. Obviously we have returning listeners, but I'd like to believe that with each episode, we have a few new people that come on. Uh, I do feel it's appropriate to give somewhat of an introduction as to what we're all about here. Right. Yeah, sure. Uh, as you said, at the beginning of the show, we're two varsity backups critiquing NFL athletes. The reason we say that is in kind of in hopes that we, provide somewhat more of a relatable voice of people that are talking about sports. I mean, if you've ever played football at lower level, let's say middle school, high school, peewee, uh, but you just never had a chance at the NFL or even college, if you're like Miraz, if I think <laughs> right. I knew pretty quickly that we weren't going to be able to play in college either. Right. But you have a strong love of the game, this show is for you. If you've ever turned on the TV and you've been seeing people talking about sports and you just wish and you dreamed that you could do that yourself – this show is for you. And maybe some of those people actually have a podcast right now. Maybe you're in the early stages of it. Maybe you're starting to maybe a year, two years in. This show is also for you because we want you to have someone to look at, not to look up to, but someone that you know is in it with you, in it for the long haul with you. And then on days where you feel like maybe you're just not sure it's not working out great for you, that you have someone else who's going through a similar struggle and ultimately is in it for the long haul with you. And uh, with that, I think that's pretty much everyone this show is for. So if that yeah. applies to you, great. We hope to keep you around. You can subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on, mm-hmm. whether that be Apple. What are we on? Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify and we're that's on YouTube. Right. So those are your three subscribe options. And, of course, you can follow our Instagram at the Riding the Bench Podcast with a K instead of a C in the word podcast. If that is not you. That's totally great, too. There's plenty of people doing no great things. There's plenty of places you could be spending your time. There's no hard feelings there. But we do want to make it clear who we're trying to speak to here, which For I sure. just laid out before. We're hoping that all those people, we could provide you with a lane or at least an example of how you could do this, how you could get this started yourself. Obviously, we're in the early stages. We're in the infancy mm-hmm. stages. Uh, and I'm trying not to be too long-winded with this. I tried to keep it. I'm a long-winded guy. What can I say? Hey, listen, man. Uh, it's all good. It's yeah, all good. We're just hoping we can provide an example and, and really 
and really show some people that it's possible to do this. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And even Absolutely. if it's scary to start, you know, it is what it is. Fuck them. Fuck what anyone has to say about For it. For real. You know what I'm no saying? Doubt. Fuck it, man. No doubt, man. No doubt. And I think you hit the nail on the head, man. It's uh, Sometimes you just got to go and do it. And it can lead to fun, fun times. And uh, I'm certainly I'm certainly having a great time with you, Justin, every time we do yep, an episode. Yep. I always have a great time with you, man. So Absolutely, brother. Yeah. All right. Um, so that was a really nice way to wrap up the way uh, we want to sh- uh give the message to you guys. But before we get into the show, um, this is the week of Memorial Day. We kind of want to give a shout out to all of those um, who have fallen in the line of duty because uh, although this is a, a weekend of where people get together and have a really nice time, it is also a weekend where we have to take a second to kind of realize the freedoms that we have and why we have them. So uh, we want to just uh, give appreciation to all of those who are serving in the line of duty, uh, who are overseas, who are, you know, I'm sure everybody has somebody that they know or someone they have unfortunately lost um, in the armed forces. So we just want to give a special thank you to those people. Um, With that, though, let's get back to uh, some NFL content, my friend. The offseason, the draft has passed, free agency has passed. So now OTAs and stuff are beginning. So this is a time of hope and excitement for a lot of people, right? And a lot of teams have expectations that they're setting for their fan base. But Justin, you and I know, as well as all NFL fans know, some teams some teams just don't live up to those expectations. And that's just the nature of the beast. So with that, I ask you this, my friend. Do you have teams that will underachieve for the NFL season? Yeah, well, I'll start with one. And uh, I do want to preface this by saying I'm not, like, really bullish on this one. It's fair. But sometimes in life, you got to go with your gut. No doubt. No doubt. And luckily for me, my gut, you know, is there. (laughs) I have a big one, too, my friend. No worries. I I was about to say, I have have a big gut with big ideas. That's right. And uh, (laughs) one of the teams that I just look at, and uh, I'm just I'm just not sure they're going to live up to it. There's just so much noise around them, is the, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers. Okay. Uh, and for starters, I'll just go with the fact that the division is really tough. In fact, definitely the best division in the NFL. It's an absolute wild card, that division, between the Broncos bringing in Russ, and then you have the Raiders and all that they've done, and the Chiefs just being the Chiefs. Yeah. It's going to be a tough division to come out of. And then also, we've just seen this before with the Chargers. Have we not? It's fair, yeah. We've seen this team be hyped up. Off the top of my head, I think, um, what season was it? I think it was the 2016 season. It was the year that they brought in Casey Hayward, right? Right, 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 from right. The, uh, from the Packers. They had drafted Joey Bosa. I believe, um, I don't know, they brought in Travis Benjamin, right? They drafted Hunter like Henry. That was a year they had a lot of hype going around them, and I think they finished, if I'm not mistaken, don't have it written down right here, I think they only finished 9-7 and seven that year. That was the year they were supposed to be great. Yeah. You look back uh, the year after LT left, they had very, very high expectations. They did next to nothing that year. And it's just they're just one of those teams. You have the 2018 year, which was ultimately Rivers' last year in Los Angeles, or mm-hmm. I suppose maybe it was their last year in San Diego. Right. Forgive me. I get it all mixes up for me. <laughs> yeah. But that was another year that there was high expectations around this team. Of course, the difference, but this is why I'm not bullish, the difference between those years and these years, and specifically this year, 
is that the man in charge is Justin Herbert, who, in my opinion, yeah, uh, despite the fact maybe not as accomplished, doesn't have the AFC championships to his resume or anything like that, is probably already better than Phillip Rivers ever was. And uh, that is worth noting. But that is a team that I'm looking at that, I mean, I would not be surprised at all if we just see like a, a classic 9-8 and eight finish out of the Chargers this year. Yeah, man, that's uh, that's a pretty fair point. There's also one year where they finished number one in total offense, number one in total defense, and completely missed the playoffs. So that's the type of luck that this team ha- kind of has. So <laughs> like I, I, like I don't blame anybody for thinking that uh, the Chargers aren't are going to be like an underachieving team. But uh, I am not one of those people. I believe the opposite of you. I think they're going to do really well. But we'll just wait and see because I wouldn't be shocked either. Um, since we're talking about underachieving teams, I. And picking one team, the Arizona Cardinals. Now, look, last year they started off 8-0. Kyler Murray looked like he was going to be the MVP in the first half of the year. They had D-Hop. They had James Conner. He had a reemergence of a great uh, he had a great season. A lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. Like, very fun watch. Um, but like any Kyler Murray team, like any Cliff Kingsbury team, they kind of tend to hit the downslope in the second half of the year. And yes, it was a Guy's shot. Guy's putting it on Kingsbury. No, I, I did say Kyler, because Kyler has a history of this too. Let's not let's not get it twisted. It's He gets bang. I'm just saying, let's not look, hold the fact that no. Kyler is 5-2 and gets injured. No, I agree. The season on Kingsbury. That's no, all no, I no, 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 no. But that's what I'm saying. It goes on Kyler Murray, and Kingsbury also has a history in college too to have this type of downslope in the second half of years. So it's... They... Expectingly just kind of died off a little bit. And then in the playoffs, they had a major disappointment. But this year, Kyler Murray is not happy. He has a contract dispute with Arizona, as everybody knows. So he's refusing to go to OTAs. D-Hop got hit with the PED charge, so he's not going to be playing for the first few games of the year. They did trade for Hollywood Brown, and they brought in some talent and stuff like that. But they lost Chandler Jones. J.J. Watt's getting older. Um, And the schedule, dude, their first... 13 weeks. This is before their bye, okay? They play the Chiefs, the Raiders, the Rams, Carolina, Philadelphia, Seattle, New Orleans, Minnesota, the Rams again, the Niners, and then the Chargers, and then they hit the bye. That is a rough, that is a rough, rough schedule. And not having Kyler Murray, look, having Kyler Murray there with that schedule is already tough enough. But now you have potentially Kyler Murray missing games, D-Hop definitely missing games, and this team, even though it has talent, it's, they're going to catch a lot of L's in the first half of the year, and I really don't see them making the playoffs uh, this year. So that's kind of my underachieving team off the get-go. The Arizona Cardinals are not making the playoffs this year. Um, they're going to have a rough go this year. I don't hate that. I have no disagreements with that at all. Mm-hmm. In fact, honestly, how quickly they fell last year, because oh, yeah, my opinion by the end of the season, I completely forgot that they started off like that. To be honest with you, because they were so useless by the second (laughs) half of the season (laughs) that it was like you completely (laughs) forgot, you know, like they erased all the good memories of of the team. I remember at the beginning of last season, for those who really been rocking with us for a while. Yeah, uh, we were talking about Kyler Murray. I mean, my comparison, I always thought as to what he is to an NFL quarterback. He kind of reminded me of like what Steph is, Steph Curry in the right. NBA, yeah. where I kind of viewed it in that way where it's like, this is kind of like crazy to look at. This is electrifying. I've never seen anything like it. 
Uh, but it looked, ultimately, it looked like know, that. It looked like that the first half of the year, man. Really good. As it does, and he and he could still fling the rock. There's no question no about doubt. that. No doubt. But you know, the size is going to be an issue, and obviously, as compared to the NBA and the NFL, you're getting hit and you're getting hit hard. Yes. So that size is definitely going to be a factor. Uh, I mean, who knows? That's probably why he wants his bag now. Honestly, I don't love the way he's handling it, but, but he probably looks at that and says, you know, he probably looks at quarterbacks like uh, Peyton and you know, Peyton not as much, but Peyton, Drew Brees. Tom Brady, who were able to play till 40, he's probably already feeling it right now. Yeah, I'm You know sure. what I'm saying? So he's probably like, I don't know if I'm going to make it that far. Yeah. You know? So I think he wants his money now. Uh, he wouldn't have gotten paid if he just waited. I- I'm, I'm a big proponent for guys waiting out their rookie contracts. Not that this is exactly the topic right now, but as no, we I know what you mean. Kyler, no, I know what you mean. Yo, like, he's going to get his money regardless. Regardless, he's going to get his yeah, money. Yeah, as we, t- as we talk about right? Kyler, I do feel it's necessary just to point out the fact that the way he's handling that bugs me. I much yeah. more appreciate the way Lamar is handling, who clearly wants his contract, but right. trying to the best of his ability to keep it in-house, which I appreciate. No, no, that's true, too. That's absolute class act, Lamar Jackson. But, hey, listen, I don't blame Kyler Murray for trying to get his money. Anyway, you no. got to do it, you got to do it. Uh, it is a business in the end, and it's billionaires trying to undercut millionaires and millionaires trying to get as much as they can, so I don't blame them. It's rich people arguing with rich people about who doesn't have it good enough. That's exactly, uh, yeah. Which right. is, you know, hey, it, it is, is what it is, is, right? It is what it is, yep. So it's the person above you, right? So it's the person that has more. That's the problem. So. That's right, right. <laughs> uh, do you have any other teams on your list there, Jay? Because I have one more, actually. I do I do have one more, and I'm going to uh, I'm gonna go with the Miami Dolphins. We're going to keep it ah, in the AFC. Yes, you got the, the same co- team as me. <laughs> right, and now the question that I think like, a lot of people would ask is, how can you say that about a team that brought in Tyree Kill? A team that signed Teron Armstead, who's one of the better tackles in the league, right? They yep. brought in Melvin Ingram. They did a lot of good things. That they did. A lot of good things. But I can tell you how that team could disappoint in two words. Two words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, in fact, I'll do it in one word because I don't know how to pronounce the second one. <laughs> two. Yeah, right. <laughs> Very simply yeah. put, this has everything to do with my opinion about two. It is all eyes on Tua this year, in my opinion. And I'd imagine most people's opinion. Obviously, there's questions. There was the thing on Twitter, right, with the underthrown ball. (laughs) Listen, I'm a guy that works in marketing. To to whoever's working in Miami doing that type of thing, there had to be a better (laughs) clip. There had to be a better clip somewhere than that. Like, I don't like Tua, but, I mean, my goodness. They did it dirty. How do you not know? Do you have people working on that team that don't follow the league? Like, I don't know how you can release that footage. No, they did them them dirty. Besides the point. Yeah, they did them dirty. Besides the point. I just don't, you know, I'm a proponent of this. I just don't believe he has the stuff. And in this league, when you have a division that pretty much improved all the way through, minus the Patriots, it, it, it's hard to imagine that the Dolphins are actually going to live up to it, in mm-hmm. my opinion. And t- they added all those great running backs, too. So, I mean, I guess we'll see what yeah. they do. But I just, I have no faith in Tua to bring them to anything more than that fluttering around 500 type of deal. And in the AFC this year, that's going to be tough. I'm not sure if you're going to get in at nine and eight this year. It doesn't seem that way. No, Just no, the, the AFC West alone. No, I, exactly. The AFC is an absolute juggernaut, man. They are. There's some yep. monstrous teams out in the AFC, and uh, a lot of the stuff I do agree with you with, man. Um, they do have a new coach and stuff like that. They lost Flores. So that I don't know how that's going to affect the defense. I think that will affect the defense. So I don't think their defense is going to be as elite as it's been since the past couple of years. Uh, but I think they'll have a new look on offense, which might help make Tua look a little bit better. Um, he will have more time to throw the ball now that he has Armstead there. But again, I agree with you. I don't think he has the arm strength 
to get the ball down the field the way that they want to, especially because they have guys like Hill. They have guys like Waddle. Mike Asicki's another elite pass I was pass about to say big-time kind of, vertical threat. Big-time well. vertical threat. Um, and then and the running backs, they got Raheem Mostert. They got they brought a I think they brought Chase Edmonds too. So he's another guy that they, they brought can get in really Chase creative. Edmonds. I mean, they brought in a lot of backs. They brought a lot of guys, and they do have talent. So that's why, even though we think Tua doesn't necessarily have the stuff to be an elite QB, it's going to be a 500 team. But like you said, being a 500 team in the AFC is not going to get it done. There's just too many good teams out there, and even though their schedule, I mean, you look at it, it's not terrible. It's not a awful schedule to play with but like again how much does the limitation of Tua's arm strength affect the offense I think it's going to be a big problem potentially his ability to stay healthy that's a question mark as well that everyone talks about the arm strength who knows if some of that's just a product of the fact that he gets banged up I I don't know for sure you know what I'm saying yeah just a couple things going on there um with the fact that it's not like the dude in Tyreek listen I you could say that this guy throws one of the prettiest balls you've ever seen all you want after playing with Patrick Mahomes your entire mean, yeah, it's, laughable, it's a laughable statement. It's right. a laughable statement. He yeah, played yeah. with Alex Smith, who if Tua at best became Alex Smith, I think everyone would be happy. I agree. He played with Alex Smith. He played with Patrick Mahomes. It's laughable to say that Tua is on that level in that regard, even though those weren't his direct words. Right. You, know, you could deduce it down and imply, right? It's implied yeah. in his statement. I think that's utterly ridiculous as well, but you know I don't hate I don't hate on the man for defending his quarterback. Yeah, he's just he's just trying to defend the teammate. I don't blame him. He got his money, he got everything that he needs in the NFL. He's just securing the bag at this point, and he's in Miami enjoying no his state income time. tax, nice weather. You know, hey, listen, man, he's doing well. He's doing well Tyreek did what he had to do for himself, and I don't blame him. Um, and listen, look, they're, they're going to be a fun watch, regardless of what anybody thinks. They're going to be a fun watch. I just don't think they're going to win as many games as everybody thinks they will. So I agree with you. I think they will underachieve. Uh, so that kind of wraps up the underachieving uh, teams because that's because um, me and you are pretty much in agreement there. I don't think Miami's going to be that squad. Um, Absolutely. So now let's look at the opposite end of the spectrum there, Justin. Sure. We have underachieving teams, but now let's look at teams that may overachieve. Teams that we uh, not a lot of people are really high on, but all of a sudden may come in and shock some people. Um, do you want to take the reins on this one first, or do you want me to go? Because I have a couple teams here myself, so... Yeah, I have two teams here, and I'll sure. start. Um, again, these, I, I want to, I feel like at least in my case, none of these are like my stamp of a guarantee, as much as, no, especially fair. at this, as, especially at this point in the season. We haven't even seen training camp, right? There's injuries. We're pretty early, but yeah. got to talk about something, right? We're out here <laughs> talking about football. Exactly. Got to talk about something. Absolutely. So I'm looking at the Jaguars. Oh, oh okay. My, okay. My teams on this list right now are like so beyond absurd that I'm wow. not going to... I might change my mind as I'm talking about it. Okay. But the Jaguars, I think, have a chance to really surprise a lot of people. Obviously, you have Trevor. And as a Colts fan, I can tell you right now, if there's one... Every team in that division wishes they had Trevor at quarterback. Then yeah. who's the team with Matt Ryan? You Absolutely. Know, every, who wouldn't want Trevor? You know right. what I'm saying? I agree. They have, even if not... Even if he's not the best quarterback in that division today, is really besides the point. You know what I'm saying? By week seven, he might be far and away the best quarterback in the division. I don't know. Yeah. You have Doug Peterson, who they brought in, who obviously you know quite a bit about. We're going to learn a lot about Doug this year, in my opinion, because yeah. you see what's happened with Carson Wentz, right? Which you could take two ways, right? One, you can kind of look at it and say, was this a pass for Doug Peterson? Did he just have Carson Wentz? Or we're going to see how he works with Trevor. Did he play a – what was his role in that? You know what I'm right. saying? What was his role in what happened to Carson Wentz? This is what we're about to find out this year with the Jaguars. 
But Andrew Norwell left the team at guard. They brought in Brandon Sheriff, which is great for them. Yeah. They brought in a linebacker. I'm going to try to figure out how to pronounce it. Faisad Olakun, right? That sounded pretty good. Oh, okay, legit, that's pretty, right? that was pretty, that was pretty Faisad, damn close there, Faisad, okay? Faisad Olakun, yeah. Not bad. He led the league in tackles last year. Dude had like 192 tackles. Oh, Do the math on how many that is that? a game. That's, wow. that's outrageous, right? And then you brought in Kirk and Ingram, which I think is a lot of money for not that much. But they're going to be there. They're going to be on the field, you know? So this is a team I look at, and I really think that they have a chance, especially when you look at the division. You look at the fact that they've done well against the Colts. The Titans kind of falling off a little bit. I think the Titans maybe also probably won't fall off as hard as people think. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Houston just hasn't done enough. But I do look at the Jaguars as a team that could flutter around 500. Not that wow. they put them in the playoffs, but like you know, if they finish seven and nine, or rather seven and ten, by all counts, I think that would be a massively successful season and one huge. that most people wouldn't expect. Huge, huge, huge successful yeah. season if they do something like that. And listen, I think I think they do have the right guy for the job with Doug Peterson. I think he is going to do some good work over there. And um, I don't know if they're going to be a seven-win team, but I think you're going to see a big improvement in the way that they look as a unit. And then all of a sudden you're going to look at this team and say, in a few years, these teams, this guy's going to be a problem. So, And let's uh, not forget about Travis Etienne coming back either. That kid's special, Legit. special talent. Legit. A special, Legit. special talent. We'll we'll see what he does this year because, woof, no, that they got a problem. They got some talent. They got some talent over there for sure. Um, and, mm -hmm. they, and 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 they had a big off season in terms of like how many people they brought in to improve like sure. the receiving core and things like that to really help Trevor out. And Doug Peterson's yep. a creative play caller, so uh, they're gonna they're gonna also be another fun team to watch. A lot of fun teams in Florida over there, man. Uh, Florida, you're doing a really good job creating the football teams over there. Good for you guys. Um, so this team, <laughs> so the team that I got, uh, I it's gonna sound weird to say that they're an overachieving team just because. You'll, you'll realize I'm picking the Baltimore Ravens as uh, my mm. team. Now, listen, the only reason I'm saying they're going to overachieve is because a lot of people have the Bills being the team in the AFC to beat. And yep. I agree with that because they do made, they, they made a lot of improvements and Josh Allen is going to ascend. Their offense is just going to be really, really explosive, but let's not somehow he'll get, somehow he'll get better. We'll see how yeah. it happens, but yeah, I know. Right. But like, yeah, the guys let, are let, let, let's not forget what the Baltimore Ravens are every single year. Last sure. year they finished what I think they finished like what close to 500, but they were devastated by injuries Literally from like the start of training camp, they lost like six yep. of their freaking first running backs. Then Lamar Lamar gets hurt. They lost a lot of defensive guys, and we know in the regular season Lamar Jackson is an absolute menace, for a lack of a better word. There's nothing to describe like there's no, there's no one in the league like Lamar Jackson, especially in the regular season. So with that, Agreed. and also in a division where. The Browns are a little bit in flux, even though they have Deshaun Watson now. Um, there's a bit of a controversy with the quarterbacks because he may miss games. What are they going to do with Baker? So a lot of distractions there. They don't have Odell, Jarvis. They lost some guys. And Cincinnati, they brought in some talent too. So that's the one team that you kind of have to look out for. And the Steelers, even though it's a Mike Tomlin team, you could tell that they're rebuilding. They're trying to retool and yep. things like that. Um, so I, I'm not really too worried about the Steelers. But the Ravens, they... Get back J.K. Dobbins, who's a really talented running back from injury. Super, super young, super, super physical. Really, really talented running back. Their running game is going to be legit. They have Mark Andrews still. They lost Hollywood Brown, but they still have Rashard Bateman, who they're really, really high on. Um, 
And their defense is going to be improved this year. They brought in Marcus Williams, and they had a lot of key signings over there. They brought, they brought back Michael Kyle Pierce. Fuller too. I mean, their secondary is yeah. loaded. The amount yeah, of corners, that's a loaded second. It's a loaded, loaded secondary. Absolutely, and especially in the AFC where you have to have guys who can cover because all these teams Absolutely. just fling the rock. And the Ravens, you know how they are in defense. It's a very opportunistic defense, so they're going to be a team that you don't want to play around with. Um, and let's see if Lamar Jackson makes that jump as a thrower. I do believe he can make that jump. And with that, I really think they could be the team that's the number one seed in the AFC, and that can cause a lot of problems for teams going to Baltimore to try to beat them on the road. It's not going to be an easy feat for them. So I'm going to pick Baltimore as the overachieving team just because I think a lot of people don't have them as like true, true title contenders because of Lamar Jackson's throwing ability. I don't think that's the case. I think they're going to be a real big problem. Um, yeah, I mean, I personally don't I, I have the Bengals winning the division. I'm going to give it to them because I think they're only going to get better, and they were so strong right. in the second half of last year. I can see why you say that with Baltimore, though. It, it's t- I, Lamar just wins, dude. Like That's just what he does. He's, he's one of those guys. It's tough to beat him, man. Uh, yeah, he's un- he's unconventional, and I don't think he's like the greatest thrower of the football. But when you couple, you know, his legs, not like he can't. He's like he can't throw. Period. I just think if somehow right. you were able to force him to stay in the pocket, I just don't think it would work out great. But uh, you know, that's just not what it is. He's not going to be forced to stay in the pocket. You can't. So yeah, exactly. You know, he'll he'll always he'll always do well despite the fact that I'm. Always, yeah, man, uh, they still have ju- they still have yeah. ball over there. It's it's a it's a it's a good it's a good organization over there. They just have a standard that they always hit. Um, it's just tough for me to see them not being in that contention. So, um, so let's see. That was my one. That was one team. I do have another team here, but Justin, I know you got one more team. You said in the beginning, you said you had a couple teams. So, what's the other team that you have overachieving in this NFL season? I ask if this one hurts to say. Oh boy, this one hurts to say. And, and I don't know if I've been poisoned or convinced or or, or what's happened. Whew, shit. All right, I'm gonna say it. Uh, this is like a tough one to come out. Like this is like when you like, man, you know, like when you just I don't know, maybe you want to say something to your boss or like go up to a good-looking girl and you just like have that feeling of like freezing up. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh yeah, you have something to all say. the time, all the time. This is this is where I'm at right now. I'm just gonna the New York Jets. I think that the New York oh. Jets Oof. have a great chance to overachieve mm. this year, just because. And you conceded that they had a fantastic, fantastic mm. offseason, and I was actually kind of high on them last year. Shame on me, but <laughs> Sorry. hurt me again because they had an amazing, amazing offseason. What overachieving is for the Jets, I don't know. We don't have to put a number on it. I'm not saying right. the teams are going to make the playoffs. I'm just saying to go from a laughing stock. I mean, think about, honestly, take the Jets' name off of it. When you draft Garrett Wilson, right, you bring in both those tight ends. You bring in Conklin. You bring in C.J. Uzoma, who was just obviously a, a big contributor in the Bengals' Super Bowl run, his own right. Yep. Then you not that he was the reason, in all fairness. No, but like he but he helped, yeah, absolutely. He, he he's a contributor. You added Solomon Thomas, who's a nice rotational piece on that defense. Of course, you brought in Brees Hall, right? I mean, there's just a lot of things to like. DJ Reed in the secondary they brought in. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Braxton Berrios, someone that they kept, right? And uh, a lot of people aren't, you know, he got a lot. I mean, he, I think he was on the field for around ninety percent of their passing plays last year, and him and yep. Zach have amazing, amazing chemistry. Uh, to be honest, it's just off the roster alone. I, I can't. I, maybe I'm just putting this expectation on them in hopes that they don't hit it, and I can make fun of them. Right. But it's a team that, assuming Zach Wilson plays respectably on any level, they have a tough start to the season on the schedule. But if they get through that anyway, halfway decent, you know, mm-hmm. if they really come out of that and we're competitive with some of those good teams, 
Yeah. That second half of the season is cupcake. I mean, you got the Bears at home, you got the Lions at home, I think, off the top of my head. So the Jets, I think if Zach plays well, really have a chance to be another team like the Jaguars that are kind of floating around that 500 range and might yeah. give you a tough out, you know? So I, I think that the Jets are going to overachieve just because, like the Jaguars, I think people expect them to be probably amongst the bottom three or four teams in football. So That is fair. And listen, the Jets really did um, an outstanding job. Just I feel so dirty, this. by the way, for saying uh, that. I feel so dirty. I feel so I, dirty for saying that. L- listen, I, I hear you. I hear you because I'm with you. I'm never high on the Jets, but this looks and feels different for the New York Jets. It looks like they're actually doing a good job building a team. Um, and the fans need to just have a tampered expectation. Some of them say that there's like um, a, a floor to the amount of wins that they have hovering around eight or nine wins. I would say fall back on that. Just kind of appreciate that you're building something good for the future and expect like six to seven wins. That's a pretty solid start. If you could do that, you're <laughs> trending in the right direction. And like you said, man, they, they've loaded up with talent and the coach seems to know what he's doing. Their GM has done a phenomenal job drafting and finagling contracts and stuff like that. So they're doing the right thing over there. So I don't blame you for picking them. The team that I'm picking, Justin, I believe will make the playoffs this year. And I know you're generally not high on this team either because, you know, I'm picking the Minnesota Vikings. Now, I was high on them last year. I was high on them last year, and they disappointed me. Uh, But a lot of it was due. Yeah, I know. I hear you. But a lot of it was due to that defense. And that defense blew a lot of big leads, and they gave up a lot of late touchdowns because the offense does its job. The offense puts up points. They're explosive. They're True. really they, – they, they can put up numbers. And they have guys, Dalvin Cook. They have Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins not a bad QB. He may not be great, but he's not a bad QB. And they got talent on the offensive side of the ball. Defense, though, was a big issue for them. And they knew it this year. Ironically, they get rid of Mike Zimmer, who was supposed to be a defensive guy, completely shit the bed, really bad year. Not the best coaching job he's done, so they got rid of him. Probably because of those damn glasses. He got the surgery. You can't see what he's looking at. Anywho, I'm not going to make fun of Mike Zimmer anymore. They brought in an offensive-minded coach, a guy who they believe is going to help strengthen the strength, which is their offense. And this offseason, take a look at what they did, man. They drafted Lewis Sign. They drafted Andrew Booth, who's a defensive back. So they had a safety, a defensive back, a linebacker, Brian Asamoa, and then another defensive back uh, in a Caleb Evans, and then they re-signed Patrick Peterson. They signed Ladarius Smith. They signed in a cornerback, Ty Smith. Jordan Hicks is back in the crew, so he's a linebacker. So they really went hard in addressing the woes on their defensive side of the ball, and I think it's going to pay them huge, huge benefits because their schedule is not terrible either. And their division, the Green Bay Packers, they lost Devontae Adams, so a lot of teams think they're going to take a step back. They stole the creme de la creme of the division, but they're not any. They're not going to be like thirteen and four or whatever it is that they're going to be shooting. They for. shouldn't be. They shouldn't be right. Detroit. Let's see what that guy. Let's see what that guy does behind the uh, behind the center. That's right. But uh, well, he's not out of TAs now. Not throwing to the new receivers. I don't get it, but it is what it is. Uh, but Detroit's rebuilding. They're going to be a tough out for anybody. But like you said, it's Detroit. You kind of have to wait and see with them, even though I like what they're doing over there. And Chicago, sure. Chicago, they're just like... They stink. 
They, they, stink. they stink. They, they they probably got the worst. They probably got the worst roster in the NFL. They might be the number one. Yeah, and a damn, a damn shame because I'm rooting for Ibaflus. Obviously, coming from Indy, he got the head coaching job over there. So mm-hmm. I'm rooting for his success. Uh, but they just don't look good. No, they just don't look good. They don't have a lot, a lot of things are just not going their way right now. Let's see. It's going to take some time for them to rebuild that squad. Um, and for Kirk Cousin, it's a put up or shut up season for him. Uh, they have a one-year extension with him for 35 mil. And the last time he had a, ma- a put-up-or-shut-up season, uh, he ended up getting the big contract from Minnesota when he was playing with the Washington uh, t- with the team in Washington. So I would like to believe which, that... Which team is that, Asif? Which team are you talking about? Oh, <laughs> let's not get started with the damn Commanders. I mean, my <laughs> God. What a s- stupid-ass name, by the way. Stupid-ass. <laughs> typical Washington for picking that name. Anywho... Kirk Cousins, it's a put-up-or-shut-up season for him. And I think for the most part, he's going to do what he has to do to win most of these games because their defense is going to be better. Because I still think that offense can put up 24, 25, maybe even 28 points a game. They have that kind of talent. Justin Jefferson, that's a bad boy. That's a bad Ooh. dude. Yeah, that's he's a the bad deal, dude. my guy. Oh, my God. He, he's the real deal. So they have the talent. They have the offensive-minded coach. I think he's going to bring something new there, a new energy. And I think they're going to be excited to play uh, for this coach. So I got the Minnesota Vikings actually making the playoffs. Whether or not they win their division is a whole different discussion. But I think they're going to be the team that replaces the Cardinals in the playoff hunt there. So that's my overachieving team of the NFL season. Right, Asif. Not too bad, right? Not too bad. I think that was a pretty not cool too, not, little not segment. Not too bad. Uh, I do take exception to the fact that you say Cousins is going to do the things necessary for them to win the game when he has provided Sorry. next to no proof throughout the course of his career that he could do that, and he's had plenty of time. Uh, and I, I once upon a time was a Kirk Cousins guy. I've, yeah. I have seen the light. I have seen the light, Asif. Perhaps you will this season as well. I understand. But mind I you, understand. though, I do think, in fairness, he, he's definitely one of the 32 best in football. It's not like the guy doesn't belong as a starter in the league. No, for sure. Uh, for sure. Yeah, I'm just not sure if, you know, if there's anything look, more look, than what is, we've seen. Is he, he going to be the reason you win the game? Not necessarily. He may not be. He may be. Sometimes, he, early on in his career, he was the reason you lost the game a lot of the time. But um, yep. recently, especially in his time in Minnesota, you look at some of the games, he's had a lot of come from behind games. He got them a playoff victory against the Saints, actually, uh, in come-from-behind fashion. So he's capable of doing it. It's not like the guy's not capable of doing these type of things. The, the you uh, like that game. The, the, the you like that game was no joke. One of, and that's one of a, his four career comebacks, he freaking, uh, like, he won the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's all right. Right. Though. Right. Well, listen, he was playing with Washington at that time. They weren't doing anything right over there. So you got to be excited for doing... When, when you overcome something like Washington, in spite of being Washington, like, you did a good job that day. And granted, he did a really good job over there. So, the let's just see. I, I just think they made a lot of improvements on the defensive side of the ball. And I don't think they're going to give up big leads like they did last season. So, um, And their schedule's not that bad either. So that's another thing that plays a role. With that, Justin, that was the overachieving and underachieving teams of the NFL season. Pretty cool segment that we had going on there. But now let's take a little bit of a shift. A little bit of a different Ooh. approach to the show. Um, I know you are really big into fantasy football. You're a big fantasy football Huge. guy. Uh, I'm not my, my quite fir- my as first big. ever podcast was a was a fantasy football show. Not to interrupt you in the middle of no, the no, no, production no. here. No, but that's but, right. It gives, uh, shows your credentials there. That's exactly what shows, it is. Yeah. Uh, as as always, completely overqualified to be talking about what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. So. Right. Exactly. But yep. 
We're going to make that shift to fantasy football. I'm not really too, too big into fantasy football. I play, I look, I play every year, but um, there, there, there's a lot of guys who dedicate their time with football to fantasy football. We're not those guys, but we do dabble in fantasy football, a little bit of FanDuel and stuff like that. So we're going to kind of talk about um, some guys who are kind of below the radar in most fantasy football drafts who we think, can, if you add them to your team, can give you really good value. So, um, Justin, I don't know if you want to go first. I have... Uh, I have three names here on my list um, of guys. Actually, all of them are wide receivers, but um, I'll let you go first if you have anybody in particular that you think can uh, make a big splash for a lot of teams. Yeah, well, wide receivers is a good position to have that at, especially if you're trying to draft running backs early. You know what I'm saying? Which yeah. a lot of people like to do. It is so tough drafting. This is like not technically the answer to the question at all, yeah, yeah. but it is so tough with the running back position because drafting in early some years, it works out great. Some years, two of your top three picks get injured in the first four weeks, right? Yeah, so, for sure. Right. It, it, do, it does turn into one of those problems. But the first player I am going to say is a running back. And I'm not just saying this because I'm a Colts fan. Or maybe I am. What the hell is the difference? <laughs> Naheem Hines should, I don't see why not, return great value on this position. Frank Reich came out and said it. And Reich we trust, right? Yes. Not to... Uh, uh, I'll, I'll I'll leave the uh, inappropriate joke. <laughs> yeah, I'll leave the inappropriate fun. joke out of it for those who may get it. You get it already. Yeah, I'm not, I got the Point you. being is that this is a team that said they were going to use Hines quite a bit in the slot this year. Uh, I think maybe mm. one of the most regrettable things for the team, I'm getting the sense, is that they didn't involve him a bit more last year, but they had Mr. I don't know what a check down is at quarterback. <laughs> right? So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they didn't bring any slot receivers. So when they said that they were going to use him in the slot, I was like, yeah, it's like nice to hear. But like, also like, are you, you know, like, are right. you actually like, is he just going to rotate in? They did not sign like, and you had guys, go, Cole Beasley still out there. You had guys like Jameson Crowder in free agency and stuff like that. There was a lot of guys that could have come in and played that slot receiver role for them. And, and they decided not to sign one. You know? Yeah. So I'm really thinking that Hines is going to get a lot of that work and maybe even also add the backfield as well. I hope add the backfield as well because I think he's dynamic in, in that space. Uh, we don't know. I mean, we could take a guess as to him being a, a great route runner, but we don't technically know if he could run the tree. We're about to find out. Point being is that he's hovering around RB53. So do the math. That's in PPR leagues. Wow. That's fucking geez. That's deep. That's, that's like low. your fourth or fifth. That's low. Fourth or fifth running back. Right, yeah. getting drafted by by guys like Deonta Foreman and Kenneth Gainwell. This makes no sense to me. Yeah, I agree. The Colts clearly they've made it very clear. Naheem Hines, if I'm to take a guess, is probably going to be top. And you look at what Matt Ryan did with Cordell Patterson last year. I, I would assume I that just... Naheem Hines probably ends in the top three in targets on the team, if not four. But that wow. is the floor for Hines. He's probably going to be top three in targets, potentially even second behind Michael Pittman. Who knows? So. I mean, he's I, in the past, he's always, when you look at it, like the amount of points he scored throughout the season in PPR, he was always kind of, but it was just hard to predict. And mm. in week-to-week fantasy, you want reliable points there. I think yeah. that Hines is going to end up likely probably being in PPR, a guy that you could trust to be your RB2. Obviously, you don't have to draft him there, but I, I think that, right. I mean, the targets, I think the targets and the touches are just going to be there for him. Yeah, especially for a guy that low in the draft, that's like... You can get incredible value getting Naheem Hines. If he's your fourth or fifth running back, you did a pretty damn good job. Oh, I'll nice. reach far on Hines too. Oh, yeah. Like I'll reach, I'll yeah. reach pretty far. No, yeah, because because there's no there's no doubt that he gets touches on the field. So that's a, yeah. a lot. A lot of times, fantasy comes down to whether or not you're going to get touches. And Naheem Hines, he's going to get touches for, out of the backfield, like you said, in the slot. They're going to dump it off there. He's going to get touches all 
throughout the year. And uh, they're also going to try to take a little bit of the load off JT because they don't want him, you know, getting beat up for a potential playoff run either, right? You'd so, hope so. Yeah, you would you hope, hope so, so. right? Because that, that was one of the mm-hmm. things you said last year that you wish Naheem Hines was being used more in the offense too. And yeah, it drove me crazy. I just didn't, un- I didn't understand it. And I think I'm sure that in their mind, I just think they lost their way a little bit at times. I mean, I don't know. It's not a conversation much about the Colts as it is Naheem right. Hines, but point being is that they've made it pretty clear that they want to use the guy this year. And no uh, doubt. I mean, he's he's oozing with the talent. I mean, RB53 is like, that's got to, it's likely by the time the season starts that he'll definitely be higher than that. I mean, it makes no yeah. sense. It makes no, no sense how he's that I agree with you. I agree with you. It makes no sense. Uh, for anyone who drafts the team, I'm just going to get a good one. It's going to get a good one. Uh, so my guy is a wide receiver. Like I said, I have all wide receivers on my list. And now I, a lot of people are going to think this isn't really too much of a undervalued commodity. Uh, I have Brandon Ayuk. He's ranked as wide receiver 40, uh, according to Fantasy yeah, Pros. Yeah, that's not right. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a little bit low, just a, just a tee bit low, considering the situation that's going on in San Francisco. Yes, they have the new quarterback change. They have Trey Lance over there. Um, they have Mike. They have uh, Kyle Shanahan calling plays. They lost uh, Raheem Mostert, the running game, and stuff like that. But Debo they Samuel... They basically never had Mostert. Right, exactly. Right, But, like, but Debo Samuel was... A guy that had like this monstrous year. He had 77 catches. He had 1,400 yep. yards. The guy freaking had like 14 touchdowns essentially because he also ran the ball for another 350 or 60 yards, right? But Brandon Ayuk was a guy that kind of was like having a low key, really good season below the red. He had 56 catches, 826 yards, five TDs. Uh, that's not bad considering where he was in the offense because he was a guy that is a wide receiver number two. And now that Debo's really like not willing to play the hybrid role, and I don't think he's going to be with San Francisco in the beginning of the year. I think he's going to hold out until they get something done with that contract or they trade him. Regardless of what it is, Brandon Ayuk's going to be the guy that's going to get touches. It's going to be him and Mitchell and also Kittle maybe as tight end because, you know, George Kittle, who else are you going to throw it to, right? But like Brandon Ayuk's yep. going to be a guy who – Physically can handle the hybrid role like Debo Samuel. When, when when they drafted Brandon Ayuk, a lot of a lot of people, even I was saying like this is basically Debo Samuel 2.0. The guy's an absolute freak of nature, a super super athlete. The guy's physical. He's big. He's got good hands. He can run routes and stuff like that. But being able to be versatile in the Kyle Shanahan offense is key. And Brandon Ayuk has total capability of doing that. And considering he's going to be wide receiver 40. You could draft this guy, and you know me, Justin. I love trading assets, uh, especially in the first half of the year. So I like getting guys who I know are going to perform, and you could flip them for something even potentially better for you later on in the season. Brandon Ayuk could potentially be one of those guys where if you keep him, you're going to be very happy that he's on your squad, and if you flip him, you can get really good value for him. So for a wide receiver 40 to get that kind of value out of him, I think he's going to get so many touches, and I think he's going to benefit a lot of guys, a lot of teams in fantasy football this year. So Brandon Ayuk's another guy who I think is a little bit undervalued just considering the situation he's in. I guess it's my turn now for the next. Oh, yeah, one, I guess right? I guess we're just gonna flip it back and forth, man. Because I guess um, we're just gonna we're gonna flip it back and forth. We had a quick moment of silence there. Take a breath, some <clears> water, right? I was about now. to say I can use some water on my in my th- mm-hmm. for everybody mm-hmm. out there. Drink your water. It's summer right now. It's Guys, a little hot out there. The pond's flowing around. Drink some water. Yeah. To you listening, when's the last time you took a sip of water? This is your time to take one, right? Absolutely. All we right. Get enough we water. Got it. We day. got it out of the way. We're good with the water. <clears> I'm gonna say I'm this good. one and another one that. 
I feel, as I said before, I feel dirty saying it with the Jets. I feel dirty Oof. saying this one because it's just, I mean, you know, how many times should I be fooled here? David <laughs> right. Njoku is a guy that I'm wow. looking at this year. They extended him four years, $56 million. And now I Big feel money. like a lot of people are very quick to say Njoku's a bust. Njoku's a bust, right? This dude has mm-hmm. played five seasons in the league. He's still 25 years old. Will probably, if I'm <laughs> going to take a guess, be 26 when the season starts. I certainly hope, at least, because maybe I'm even allowed yeah. to play in the league at 19. Yeah, I, mean, I was about to say. You right? know what I'm saying? So, but he's being drafted around that tight end 18 range, below guys like Cole Komet. Austin Hooper's not on the team anymore. And it's, we'll see if Watson plays or doesn't play. But, you know, you have Odell gone. You have Jarvis gone. It, it seems mm-hmm. by the contract. You would assume, if not this year, when for right. David Njoku, right? And where he's getting drafted, that upside, you have next to no floor if you're going to draft him as like some backup, like just like the last player on your bench. Yeah. There's, which I assume there's going to be someone in your league that's on to him because I'm not the only person saying this about Njoku this year. So I think maybe it'll heat up as the season goes on. Obviously, the rankings that we're looking at, this is pretty early in yeah. the NFC offseason for a lot of people. This stuff tends to adjust a little more uh, come the preseason. But Njoku... I just don't see how he doesn't return on that value. I mean, I fully expect him to to easily finish within the top 10 guys, and and who knows the type of season he could have. You have a lot of dudes that always sneak their way into the top five, top six range that you didn't expect to be there, right? So, Mm -hmm. Njoku's a guy I look at, and I I think you, at the, listen, worst case scenario, you draft him late, and then you just drop him. You know what I'm saying? There's not much risk here. The Browns have done everything, I think, in my opinion, to tell everyone, hey, we're going to use this guy. So uh, right. I'm, I'm really like, and by the way, have you seen a picture of this guy's arms? I mean, my yeah, I know, right? That guy is jacked. No accusations. Might be on something, but the league yeah, tests, yeah. you know, right. when they test. So but listen, I, I, you ain't get caught. You ain't cheating. So I agree. I like it. I like Njoku this year. I'll probably have him on a couple teams if I could. I don't blame you, man. The David and Joe, listen, if Deshaun Watson plays from the get-go, he's also a guy that likes to use the tight ends and the red zone. So even if you don't have PPR and you're a standard league guy, David Njoku is going to be an option for you where he is going to be in position to score a lot of touchdowns for you. So David Njoku is a – and he's, all, he's also just like a good tight end. I know a lot of people think he's a bust, but, like, I agree with you, man. The guy, totally talented. He just, you know, is what it is. There's a lot of tight – there's a lot it's of tight ends. It's, tough, it's a tough position. That position seems- yeah. You know, not, not, so a lot of guys, not a lot of guys do great at it, and uh, it takes a lot of guys quite quite a bit to actually get acclimated to that position at the NFL level. Uh, luckily, for fantasy's sake, all he has to do is be a receiver, which he is. So yeah, which he is, He's, and he certainly capable of doing that. Yep. Uh, no doubt, man. So my guy, the next guy that I'm going to use again, you guys are going to kind of scratch your heads a little bit on saying why he's you know picking this guy, but I'm picking Russell Gage uh, with Tampa Bay. Again, this is only based on where they're ranked right now, okay? Like Justin said, these ranks are going to be kind of adjusted as the season goes on. He's ranked as wide receiver 51 right now. Um, Again, you can look at that offense and say, look, you got Mike Evans, you got Godwin, you you got Cameron Brait there, uh, you know, Leonard Fournette's there, and they have Giovanni Bernard, and what's Brady going to... What's going to happen is... Godwin is still coming off an injury. Let's not forget about that, guys. He came off a pretty bad injury, so it's going to take him time to get going and get acclimated to the offense and get back to conditioning a little bit. Mike Evans is still the big dog over there. No one doubts that because it's Mike Evans, one of the best receivers in football. But Russell Gage, 
even though I think he's actually like an overrated player. In fantasy, it doesn't matter whether or not you're overrated. What matters is if you put up numbers. If the ball comes to you, can you do something with the ball? And in Atlanta, when he was with Matt Ryan, he got a lot of targets. He got a really good amount of targets because he was... Too, too many, too, some would say. To, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. But he still gets targets. And in fantasy football, any way you can get your hands onto the football creates value. And no matter where or what year, what happens with Russell Gage, he always gets targets. Whether it's because he's got a number one receiver out there who's grabbing all the intention and he's beating a third or fourth corner, whatever it is, he's going to be that guy. And Brady loves to work down the seam and in the slots. And I think Russell Gage is going to be in the slot a lot. And because Godwin's coming off an injury, it's going to take him time. Russell Gage is going to be the mouth to feed early on in the year because he wants to build up that confidence and that rapport with Tom Brady because that's how Tom Brady is. You know, he always operates. He always brings in the new guy and tries to get him going a little bit, right? So I think early on, you're going to draft Russell Gage pretty low or pretty late into your draft, and you're going to get big production out of him early on. Now, like Brandon Ayuk, I personally would trade Russell Gage after a few weeks because I know what type of value he's going to bring, and I think I can get something back for him, but... Russell Gage is a guy who I think people value just a little bit too low because he's in a situation where he's not the top dog anymore. So he's going to be up against cornerback threes, cornerback fours, potentially linebackers. And in a pass-happy offense like Tom Brady's, the, the possibilities are endless with the amount of touches that this guy can get, especially in a PPR format. So Russell Gage is a guy I think can be uh, a pretty big play for a lot of teams later in the draft um, in most leagues. So, And then, Justin, you have uh, do you have one more guy? Because I have one more guy on my list here too. I do have one more guy, and I'm going to go even lower. This is pretty deep. I'm going to go even Ooh. lower. All right. Then Russell Gage on this. This guy is around, he's in like the wide receiver 80s type of range, maybe wow. even 100, okay. depending on the list that you look at. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Josh Reynolds on Detroit. Okay. Nice. This is a guy. In the last, mind you, he was with Tennessee, didn't work out over there. They cut him. He goes to Detroit. In the last month and a half of last season, the dude had 33 targets. It's not chump change. He had no, it's not. F- five, six targets a week, right? Some, some yeah. math like that. Five, six targets a week. And then you had, I think he scored a touchdown. I also owned him, so this is why I'm a little more in tune right. with this. He had, he had two weeks where he scored a touchdown. I think of those games, I mean, I'm not talking about him being great for you, but what I'm saying is that if you could get a guy that's going to give you six targets and then give you a, you know an eight-pointer here, a 16-pointer there, right, a 12-pointer there, and yeah, no doubt. basically undrafted in fantasy, yeah, I was about to say, knowing that he drafted. has the rapport. He has the rapport with Jared Goff. Not that Goff is, you know, Tom Brady or anything <laughs> like right. that. No, but, but that matters, at though. At the end of it the matters. day, the targets are the targets. I know we brought in Jamison Williams, right? They drafted him. I'm always you know, that type of receiver. I'm always kind of a little sketchy on. I think Josh Reynolds is going to have his role in the offense. You also have mm-hmm. Amra St. Brown, which is something to be scared of as well. May yes. I, may I add? Yeah. But I think Reynolds will still have his role in this offense. I don't anticipate that Detroit's going to be up in many games uh, very mm-hmm. often. I have a feeling that they're always going to kind of have to be throwing the ball a little bit, right. even if they want to run it. I think Josh Reynolds is a guy that, that could give you a, a decent floor maybe on, on a week-to-week basis mm-hmm. uh, if he's someone that you have to start. I just think he's going to be a good guy that could round out the bottom of your bench as like a reliable like 8 to 12 points. Like I, th- I think he'll give that. Well, listen, that's that's always not a bad um, 
output for a guy, especially late, late into a draft like that, especially, like you said, at the bottom of your bench, if you're getting 8 to 12 points from a guy like that, um, that's pretty good production. And I, I, I know most guys that would be very happy with that, unless you play in a league where you like have like OD teams and stuff like that. But anywho, I agree with you. Josh Reynolds is going to be the guy that could be benefiting from all the mouths to feed into. Because you also have Swift in the backfield who catches passes over there too. Hawkinson's yep. still over there. St. Brown, like you said, Williams is there. So they, they have talent on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, but Josh Reynolds is that guy who, who's capable. Certainly capable of uh, very, very being a capable, mismatch and again runner. has more has more work with Kirk Cousins. Kirk, oof. has more work with yeah. big Jared ooh, Goff. Ooh. Kirk Cousins guy has more work. That's right. with Jared Goff than any of these guys. They brought him in because of that continuity and because of the history they had. I still think he'll yeah. have his place. I agree. I agree. That's a pretty good. That's a good one, my friend. Well, like you, I went deep into the draft, just a little bit, a little bit deeper into this thing. Um, I picked A.J. Green, wide receiver, 81. Now, I know everyone thinks A.J. Green's a little long in the tooth, and yes, he is. He's a little bit on the older side, and last year there was a bit of a... I don't want to say there was slippage. He was, he was, like, up, he was up and down. He was, he up, was and down. up and down. He was up and down, and, that's, and that's, a, that's a fair critique for him. But again, I'm doing this based on where he's projected and the value that you could possibly get from him. Being ranked at wide receiver 81... I think is a little low for AJ Green. It might be the right place for him in terms of where he ranks against all the other receivers, but for value, I think he's going to be producing more than wide receiver 81 is what I'm saying. I know they have guys like Rondell Moore and they brought in Hollywood Brown and things like that, but the Cardinals, they lost D hop because of the PED thing. I said this before when I said they would be an underachieving team. And because they're going to be an underachieving team, they're going to have to throw the ball a lot because they're not going to be able to run it. They're going to be down a lot of games. So if Kyler Murray comes back, he's going to need a big body target to throw the ball to. Now he has Zach Kurtz in the scene, but AJ Green was a guy who had stretches in the season where he was being really productive, especially when D hop was out. Um, he has a couple of hundred yard games. He had seven catch games, touchdown games. The guy, the guy can still play. It's not like the guy can't play anymore. He's he's just not yep. he's just not AJ Green of the Bengals anymore, right? Um, yep. But he could be a really nice option for you, especially late in the draft. Like you said, rounding out the bench, rounding out some of the last couple of spots of your draft. If you pick AJ Green, I think you're going to get really good value for him. And early on, with no D hop. And the fact that the Cardinals have a really rough schedule, like I said, um, they're going to be down. They're going to have to throw the ball a lot. And Rondell Moore and Hollywood Brown, they're small targets, man. And Kyler Murray's a small dude. So, yeah, they might be able to hit low balls. But, like, Kyler Murray's a guy that wants to chuck it down the field. And you're going to need a guy who can go up and get it. A.J. Green could be that guy. Um, so I think you can get really good value for him, especially in the PPR format. Because I think the way their offense is going to be, it's going to be a lot of bootlegs and stuff like that. So um, I think A.J. Green... A nice solid pick for you if you have if he's like your if he's like one of your last picks of your draft, I think that's a nice little roundabout way to draft um, your wide receiver room over there. So AJ Green's my guy um, as my final undervalued commodity in NFL fantasy for 2022. So not bad there, Jay. Look at that man. I think we showed everybody we have some chops for fantasy football. You more so than me. Because, again, I'm not really big into the fantasy football thing, but I play it every so often, right? But that was well done by you, my friend. Bravo to you. I'm very proud of where we've gone in this fantasy football aspect. We're getting better every time at this type of thing. So, um, 
with that, Justin, that's all the topics that I have for today. Um, that's, all, that's all we got. That's, that's all we got all... for this show. Look, we might get it done in less than an hour today, Asif. Hey, listen, so let's see if we can do that. Right now we have two and a half minutes. I'm going to start. If you liked what you heard, everybody, there's a few things that you can do to help me and just out and help raise the profile of the show a little bit. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave a review. This really helps us out because we like to hear your feedback and we love to see the five-star reviews. Anything below that, we think and, you're and a more, hater. And more, let's... Full transparency. Yeah. More important than your feedback, which we will read. Yes, we will. The reviews move us up the list. On yes, they do. The, which is really, we want, the, we want the show to be seen by more people. Sorry to... No, 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 but I agree. That's why we want you to leave a review, leave your feedback. Please leave a review. Yep. It's very important for us. If you're on YouTube, there's a button that looks like a thumbs up. Hit that. That means you like it. And there's a red button there that says subscribe. Hit that button too because then you'll know when me and Justin make content. And again, it also helps the profile of the show a little bit. Helps it lift up in the search rankings there. And lastly, our favorite Instagram page, the Riding the Bench Podcast with a K. Instead of C in the word podcast, hit the follow button on that page. You're going to get a lot of really Fun, fun that, content about the NFL. That is definitely, definitely our most robust platform for sure. That that is absolutely our baby. That is where it all started, realistically. So like, if if you were in that, we want you to do everything we just said. If you were to go nowhere, that Instagram page is like definitely the spot because like I feel very good about where that Instagram page is. So yeah, absolutely. And if you're someone who likes to use a computer, we do have a website, the ridingthebenchpodcast.com. You can take a look at everything you need over there. It's got video, it's got audio, it's got everything you need over there. Just take a look. Take a look at the page and it's going to be a really fun time for you guys. <laughs> it, does, it does not have video. But that's a <laughs> The web the website does not have video. You could listen it's to the podcast. It's got the links to the show. It's got links to the show is what I'm it's got, saying. It's got that's links to the I mean. show on the homepage. You'll see the logos if you really if all those things you're like Guys, I already do all of that, or I'm definitely going to do all that. Is there anything else we could do to help you? Because, again, as good as we get at this, and trust me, we know we're not the best now, as good as we get at the end of the day, it's not going to matter without the support of those who are listening to us. So you guys are the most important thing in growing this. Uh, If you were to share it with one person, that would be a massive, massive help, just one. If we had, let's say, uh, you know, we're a big podcast, we have a million listeners this episode, right? Oh, yeah. If each of those people shared it with one person, we'd have two million the next episode, wow. technically, if they if they all listen, depending on how much they trust you. But point being is that that is the fastest way to grow this thing is probably just to, to tell other people about it. Share so, with one uh, person. You know, if it's not too much of an ask, we would take that. Of course, just you being here and listening today is, is really good enough for us, honestly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you, everybody. For riding the bench with us today, we hope you enjoyed the ride. And with that, Justin, I think it's now time to let the people enjoy the rest of their day. We'll be back next time right here at Riding the Bench. See you next week, guys. And girls. Maybe. <laughs>